Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. I spoke with Congressman Mike Johnson at the America First Agenda Summit about some key issues driving the country into the fall midterms, especially law and order. Here's our exchange. Congressman Mike Johnson, thank you for joining us. Glad to be with you. Congressman, the Democrats have received quite a bit of pushback over the defund uh, the police movement that they've embraced. Um, how big of an issue is law and order going to be going into the midterms? I, I think it's a critical issue, whether you're talking about the border and the chaos that's ensued there, or the skyrocketing crime rate in, in America's largest cities and even in small communities now. It's a direct result of policy choices. You know, the Democrats went on record, the radical left, defund the police, disrespect the police. It's had the desire effect I think that some of them had in mind and and so the American people have had enough of it uh, it's a dangerous time but the important thing and the important theme that we want to hammer home is that we can restore law and order we must it's an essential foundational principle of our country and we look forward to rolling out our ideas and proposals on how to do that President Biden uh, before he got COVID was supposed to roll out some funding for law enforcement which is excellent but money can only do so much um, how do you restore the the morale within the ranks of uh, the police it's a great question uh, I, I know lots of first responders. I grew up in a first responder family. Um, they they are feeling demoralized. They're, they're feeling as though they've been disrespected because they have been from the halls of power in the nation's capital. The message was sent repeatedly over and over uh, that they were they were disliked and dishonored. And so um, it, it's 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 had a real corrosive effect. And we've got to turn that around. They, we need to send a clarion call from the White House and both houses of Congress, and we'll do that with Republicans in charge, that we stand with our first responders. We stand with law enforcement. They're doing a critical, important job to protect and serve, and they ought to be respected for that. You touched upon it uh, just now uh, when it comes to the border. Um, you know, we have law and order, but you also have the border crisis. What's it going to take to uh, slow things down there? Well, we need to do exactly the opposite of what President Biden and his administration have done. We questioned uh, Secretary Mayorkas, DHS Secretary in the House Judiciary Committee, just a few months back, and I told him he needs to dust off his resume because I believe that what they've done is in intentional. I, I believe that he is committing impeachable offenses by the day, and the, the results are just disastrous. It's impossible to overstate the magnitude of this crisis and what it's going to mean for our country in the months and years ahead. It's going to take a long time to unwind the damage, and they, they're just looking at it and, and, and blinking an eye and looking the other way, and it's preposterous that people are fed up with it, and I think that's going to be a major cause of the big red wave in November. What do you think is the logic behind their border policy? Well, I know what the logic is. People in, in our town halls back in Louisiana want to know why would they do this? Why would they erase the border, allow people from almost 190 countries pour across with drugs and sex trafficking and all the terrible things that happens? Why would they do it? The answer is very simple. They want to turn illegals into voters. They're already doing it in New York City and some large cities and blue states around the country. And I got Chairman Jerry Nadler of the House Judiciary Committee to admit to me on the record, on video, just a few weeks back that yes, they would like to do uh, across the country what they're doing in New York. And so so that sounds like a conspiracy theory. It's not. It's a fact, and everybody can look that up for themselves. And you mentioned a few of the atrocities that are taking place there, the fentanyl, the, the sex uh, trafficking. What's it going to take for these types of things to really resonate with the American people? Well, it is resonating loud and clear. I mean, drug overdoses is the number one cause of death for Americans age 18 to 49 right now, more than car wrecks and cancer and COVID and everything else. And it's, it's attributed in large part to this fentanyl, manufactured in China, sent to the drug cartels, 
and then flowing freely across our border because the Biden administration won't do anything about it. Our law enforcement are overwhelmed, our people are in jeopardy, and innocent Americans die every day because of these policy choices. That's just one aspect of the, the terrible tragedy that uh, has become a catastrophe at the border. Carson, Mike Johnson, thank you. Thank you. Socialism is a stepping stone to communism, and nearly 50% of young people ages 16 to 23 now say that they favor a socialist society. 24-year-old Caroline Levitt is hoping to change that. Levitt worked under former White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany and is now bidding to be the youngest member of Congress. At this year's Turning Point USA Summit, NTD's Melina Wisecup sat down with Levitt. All right, we're here with Caroline Levitt, who is a congressional candidate for New Hampshire's first district, yes. and she's also the former assistant press secretary for the White House under Kaylee McEnany. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, it's great to hear from you. So you are a very young person. You're 24 years old, but you're very ambitious running for Congress. You said something in one of your previous interviews that you want to go to D.C. and shake up the system. What, what does that look like? That looks like electing young, especially conservative candidates to office. The average age of Congress right now is over 60 years old. I worked there. I worked in the White House, as you said, for President Trump. I also worked on Capitol Hill for Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. And I was always struck by, by the fact that I was always the youngest person in the room by several years. I mean decades. So there's people in Washington on both sides of the aisle right now that have literally been down there longer than I have been alive, clinging to power. Our government needs to be shaken up. We need to ensure that it's as our founding fathers originally intended by public servants who want to go down there, do the people's work, and then return home. That's why I'm a strong believer in term limits. And we need to start speaking out against the system that is so incredibly corrupt, paying for committee assignments, passing thousand-page bills that no lawmaker is reading. Yep. There are a lot of mechanisms that we need to enforce in Congress today to make sure we are shaking up the system. But it begins by electing young conservatives like myself to begin doing that and speaking out. I wanted to ask you about uh, young people seeing through de the deception of socialism and communism because nowadays, I mean, our colleges indoctrinate students with this ideology. Um, how can young people kind of break through that? I mean, if they're not here, if they're not born in a conservative family, yeah. if they're just being fed this indoctrination, I mean, right. how can people just help them to see through that deception? So this is something I talk about every single day on the campaign trail in New Hampshire, whether I'm speaking to a crowd of older folks or speaking to young people. I've made a strong commitment as a young conservative to go to college campuses, to meet these young people where they are. And I cannot blame them. I've found throughout this journey of campaigning for a year, I cannot blame them for being indoctrinated because they are hearing Marxism and socialism from every single facet of their lives. It begins in our public school system, as we've woken up to the past few years throughout COVID-19. It is forced even more so in the higher education system. It's on social media, as you mentioned, big tech, Hollywood, our entire culture. You watch any award show on primetime television, they're slamming Donald Trump. They're talking about socialism and Marxism. However, there has never been a more opportune time now with this administration to talk to these voters, to bring them on our side, because they are feeling the very real and tangible consequences of this socialist agenda in D.C. right now, with inflation at 40, highest it's ever been in our lifetimes, right? Gas prices higher than they've ever been in our lifetime. Rent skyrocketing in cities across America. The American dream for our generation is completely unattainable and unaffordable. As a young person, 
I'm experiencing it myself. I'm not afraid to say, even though I'm a candidate, I can't afford to purchase a home in this market. I'm stuck in the rental rabbit hole like a lot of Gen Zers are. These are very real issues that our generation is feeling. We just need to bridge that gap and explain to them why they are occurring. Very good points there. And you know, you just mentioned all of those tangible issues that we just talked about prior to this conversation, uh, prior to this interview. Um, you can see the impacts of inflation, gas prices, things like this. But one other issue that we've spoken about in the past is, you know, social media's influence. And we know, for example, TikTok has become very popular. Mm -hmm. And some people would say that it's even a type of psychological warfare that uh, the Chinese Communist Party is using to kind of dumb down Americans. And then it goes to the fact of like, also intertwined with our education system, you know, people aren't being, young people aren't being taught to critically think about issues. Mm -hmm. And social media platforms like TikTok mm -hmm. are contributing to that. Right. You know, what is your comments on that? Right. So social media and the one state corporate media, which CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, New York Times, I fought against them in the front lines in President Trump's White House press office. The whole media conglomerate in America today is probably the biggest issue that we face because they are brainwashing half of our country. They're directly targeting young Americans. And they know that it's working, especially on TikTok. You brought that up. It's the issue of my generation's time. Overwhelmingly, Generation Z Americans are using it. Not only so, they're using it as their main source of news. I mean, think about that, right? They're not reading even the Washington Post or the New York, right? They're not reading newspapers. They are going on TikTok for their information, information that is controlled and monitored by the Chinese Communist Party. So they're stealing our intellectual property, they're manipulating algorithms to brainwash young people, and they are forcing very divisive and disgusting ideologies on the minds of our youth. In terms of the transgender push that we've seen, that's all coming straight from the CCP. Young people, though, don't realize that. If they did, they might not be on this app because they're not feeling the the consequences of the indoctrination. It's not hitting their pocketbook. It's not hitting their wallet. Even young people vote with their wallets, right? It's a powerful force. So how do we relay that? Again, it goes back to electing young people and taking very clear, tangible legislative action when we do take back the House. We have to bust up big tech. We have to repeal Section 230. And as President Trump sought to do, we must find a solution to ban TikTok from the United States of America. The war against China will never be boots on the ground. It's going to be from the inside out. And there already winning it. So we have to take very strong action to ensure that they can't anymore. Now, what gives you the energy? I mean, you could get discouraged in this day and age, seeing so many things around you, just these kids being indoctrinated, things not, you know, Democrats taking both chambers of Congress, the White House, policies headed in the wrong direction. What gives you that sense of hope and the motivation to move forward? Well, I'm certainly led by my faith in God and my belief in a higher purpose, which is something that we're really lacking amongst young people too, is faith in God. It drives me every single day. I believe this is God's plan in my life for me to run for Congress at this moment in time. As my boss, Kaylee, titled her book, for such a time as this. I believe this was God's plan for me at this moment in time when we're seeing the indoctrination of my generation, when we're seeing this socialist takeover of our country, the weaponization of all of these institutions. It's a very scary and fearful time. So I'm driven by my faith in God, my family, uh, who is incredibly supportive, and I'm grateful for them every day. And then the support of the people of New Hampshire. Thank you so much, Caroline. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.